Hey guys, welcome aboard to another episode of our podcast, the official GAR Capital official podcast, actually. This is Carlos Garcia, founder and CEO of GAR Capital. Thanks so much for spending the weekend with me to talk about markets. Uh, let's go ahead and get started on this uh, podcast, shall we? Uh, first things first, you know, the headline, market correction. Let's talk about what a market correction is and exactly what happened last week, and how it's going to affect us going forward. Very interesting week last week. A lot to talk about. Can't wait to get into it. Let's go ahead and get started, guys. So first things first, I want to go ahead and talk about the week ahead. So let's go ahead and take some time, talk to our Forex guys, and talk about what's coming up this week. Uh, this week, uh, March 26th is the last week of March, actually. So let's go ahead and see what's going on. End of the quarter. Just a heads up. So looking at Monday, March 26th, we got some FOMC members talking this week on Monday. You see here, this is all on Forex Factory. This is free of charge. Anyone can check it look whenever they like. Uh, consumer confidence. Uh, FOMC members still speaking. Bostic. And uh, ANZ business confidence number at 8 p.m. Not really much to worry about. Wednesday, we have the final GDP for the U.S. quarter over quarter. The forecast is 2.7%. But the White House has been going for 3% now for a while. 3% has been the number, the line in the sand for us to hit. So let's see if we can get that number. Uh, crude oil inventories, as we say every week, 10.30 Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday. Thursday, we have the current account. We have Canadian GDP, 8.30 in the morning on Thursday. And then Friday, ending the week, it is a bank holiday in Canada, Britain, Switzerland, Europe due to the Catholic holiday Good Friday. So this week is actually Holy Week. So again, don't expect too much volume because we have Easter next Sunday. Obviously, the markets are closed on Sunday. But again, you have Friday's Good Friday. So we actually have a short week this week. Uh, Friday will be uh, the short week. Uh, with the, the day off for the markets. Stock markets will be closed. Bond markets will be closed. Uh, Forex will be open for an exchange. But for the most part, you expect very, very low volume and very low liquidity, meaning the spreads are going to be very wide. I won't even recommend it. Take the day off. You have probably earned it. Back to go ahead and to look at the stocks this week. In order to look at that, I want to go ahead and bring up CNN Money so I can see exactly how the week went with the stock market. Actually, you probably saw us on Instagram and our social media platforms, how we've made money but buying puts, meaning shorting the market. We just ride the wave. That's what we've been saying. We've been riding the wave across the board. SPY, which is the S&P 500 index. And then you also have the QQQ, which is the NASDAQ ETF. That has been uh, a, definitely a winner for us. Uh, we've been shorting the market, just riding the wave down due to trade fears, trade wars with the Chinese. Uh, Donald Trump has been saying that we're going to go ahead and put tariffs and actually sign into it law tariffs against the Chinese due to intellectual property uh, violations. So when you hear the word IP on the radio or TV or on print, IP means intellectual property, meaning anything that's copyrighted, uh, movies that's been sold, bootlegged, uh, brands, Whatever you could think of, it's intellectual property in regards to brands and copyrighted material has been sold by the Chinese and has been hurting the bottom line in the United States. Now, again, China is one of our biggest business partners overseas. It was a globalized economy. But this is definitely a fork in the road for the U.S. because 
we're definitely shifting to a more protectionist policy instead of a global economy. Uh, Republicans do not like this because Republicans tend to be more liaise-faire. It's a French word for being keeping hands-off, government hands-off policy uh, for capitalism. Uh, this is more of a democratic thing, uh, more of a liberal thing. Uh, liberals and Democrats do like protectionist policies because it protects jobs in the United States. Now, whatever side you may be on on this debate, it's almost uh, to the point, how can you profit from it? Uh, the main thing we look at is in the morning with our um, pre-market moves. And we see exactly how the markets are moving ahead of time. And we just ride the wave at the end of the day. We know what's been hit. Tech has been absolutely obliterated due to this tech, uh, due to this uh, trade war or perceived trade war that's about to begin. If you look here in front of your face here, uh, if you're on the YouTube channel, Dow Jones now 1.77% for the day on Friday. 424 points to the downside. NASDAQ down 2.43%, down 174 points. S&P 500 down 2.1%, down 55 points. What you're seeing here, guys, is an accelerated sell-off. Now, how does this happen? A lot of times, you have a sell-off based on a lot of factors, macroeconomic, political, but most of it's emotional. A lot of it's just fear. Um, margin calls can happen. Margin calls, basically, any kind of stock that can be borrowed you borrowed money to buy the stock and it goes against your position, you need to put up cash to cover that position. If not, it'll be liquidated. And if it's liquidated, that means you have to sell the stock, which then continues to bring down the stock price. Because if you sell stock in the open market, you're adding more supply out there with the demand not to meet it. When you have a bigger supply, less demand, prices are going down. If you have high demand, less supply, prices are going up. That is basically it. So this week, we definitely had a double whammy of an emotional market due to the um, trade perceived trade war that's about to begin, plus sinking prices from the top, because now we're down 10%. The S&P is now down 9.9% from the all-time high top in January. Anything over 10%, 10% from the highs, in a stock, security, or index, we call this a correction. So now we're considered correction territory. The next step, if we get to 20% off the all-time highs, we call that a bear market territory. Bear market territory. So you see here the fear and greed index. What's motion driving the market? This is based on CNN money. Extreme fear is driving the market. We've definitely got used to parabolic moves on uh, on these markets, meaning up, 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 up. But again, let's go ahead and take a look. I'm looking here on market sectors. The main thing that has gained is consumer staples year to date, 1.52%. Information technology, even with what's going on the NASDAQ, information technology is now up half a percent. Healthcare is down 3.64% year to date. Materials, 3.7%. Industrials, 3.8%. Financials have taken a hit, 3.9%. Utilities down 6.89%. Energy, 7.6% down. Telecom down 9 Consumer discretionary, 106 And real estate down 11.67%. This is year to date. And you can actually see this. You can actually see these moves based on year to date if you watch our YouTube channel and our podcast simulcast. So again, take a look at that when you get a chance. So again, biggest losers on Friday, Western Digital down 8%, Micron down 8%, Applied Materials down 6 
Lamb Research, Key Corp. These are companies, again, other than Key Corp, which is a bank, but the biggest losers in the S&P, the top four, are, are tech companies. And these companies have done absolutely amazing work. If you listen to our last podcast, I talked about Micron, that they are cheap. Now, again, just a bad week in tech. What does that mean? Most, most stocks move according to sectors, meaning that a stronger sector in the market, what happens is that you have them all lumped into one. So you have futures futures trading that is 24 hours a day, five days a week. Obviously, you have an hour in between for the change off at 4.30. What you have is that you have all these tech companies lumped in together, not based on fundamentals, meaning it doesn't matter how much money they make or profits. It's just they're just lumped together. ETFs have definitely changed that. Exchange-traded funds and futures contracts in indexes. Western Digital in one day is not 8% less as a company than last week. It shouldn't be. Micron had an amazing quarter. It's just tech as a sector fell. Applied materials, strong stock last year was up about 40%. Now down six in one day. That's fear. So what does that mean? It's a buying opportunity. Absolutely. Think of it as this, guys. If you could get something you really wanted, let's say a motorcycle, motorcycle model, and it was 10% off MSRP, would you run out and go buy it? Probably. If you got an advertising say 10% above MSRP, would you go buy it? Probably not. Why do people want deals on consumer items, but yet they want to only get into a stock when it's actually expensive or actually going up? They probably say the same thing about why are you buying contracts when it's going up? Well, we're riding the wave. We're not owning the stock. We're just buying contracts and trading them. We're confirming the riding the wave, confirming the movement. But investing... This should actually be an opportunity for you to get in. If you are dollar cost averaging, meaning that you're buying every week or every month or what have you, you're just averaging the amount of money you're you're buying the stock. If the stock falls 10% in one month and the next month you buy it and it went up 5%, your really relative loss was 5% because you bought it for the same amount. If the stock goes down and you still invest $100 a month, you're buying more stock with your money. If the stock goes up 5%, with your same $100, you're buying less amount of that stock. Dollar cost averaging. Again, you need to think that long term. I recommend you do Google dollar cost averaging for more information. So looking at the sectors, technology has just absolutely been on fire last year. Technology was the strongest sector in S&P. It's no secret now, with that being said, that tech is the weakest right now, in a sense, this week. Just absolutely taking a hit. Why is that? With a market sell-off, why would it be the strongest sector take the biggest fall? Hmm. If you're a fund manager, imagine you're a fund manager today, $100,000 in your $100 million. And you had Apple, you had Google, you had Facebook, whatever. Facebook would take away because of news. Uh, Adobe, pick any tech stock you want. You have it, and you guys made 40% last year on your position. You had a $10 million position, you made 40%, whatever. You made $4 million, $4 million on it in profit in profit from last year on your fund, on those stocks. So you're still long the market. You buy on margin. The stocks fall. What's the first thing you're going to sell? You're going to sell your profitable position, your profitable stocks, right? You're going to sell those to raise cap- capital to cover your margins. You're not going to sell your losing positions for the most part, unless you want to just cut and run, which is fine. But again, for the most part, you're going to sell those profitable positions because they'll get you back to your base level of your fund. So you're not, t- you're not eating up the bottom line. You're losing profits, you're just losing profits. 
But losing the bottom line, you're losing the bottom line. So that's what I think and I believe. That's what happened to tech stocks this week. That, again, most profitable stocks took the biggest jump, the biggest hit. Apple has been down. Citigroup was a, a great stock. Other than General Electric here, that 2% to the downside, General Electric has been a falling knife. But Google and Microsoft have absolutely been on fire. And it's no secret that those tech stocks are great companies with great quarters. The only reason they fell is because due to these due to this uh, accelerated sell-off, due to the fear of the market, or co- covering margin calls, or just taking profits for the most part. Uh, a lot of people are selling the rip, we call. Selling the rip. So instead of buying the dip, people are selling the rip. The 10% drop, we were at all-time highs on, fr- on January, and now has fallen. Correction territory. What has changed from January to now? Let's be real here. The president's still the same, right? Tax tax cuts have actually been implemented. Consumer sentiment is up. What has happened between now and then? One variable, and it's not the trade war, the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve here, guys, has changed the ballgame. No matter what anyone says, the Federal Reserve raises rates until we get into recession. That's a fact. It's been that way for years, decades. The Federal Reserve will raise rates until we get into a recession because markets can't heat up too much. Economics is basically the boring science, we call the boring science in academics, because you can't have it too hot and you can't have it too cold. If you have, an, if you have an, a market that's too strong and too hot, guess what happens? Inflation. And you have a market too bad or it's too down, it doesn't heat up, it's not enough jobs, deflation, depression. So you have to have the uh, Goldilocks presence of not too hot, not too cold, right? My porridge is not too hot, my porridge is not too cold. That's where we're at with the market. Well, we've had cheap money sloshing around now for eight years. 2008 was the height of the, of the crisis. The height. Uh, we raised rates about a year ago. So let's say nine years. Last year we started raising rates. I believe maybe two, maybe eight years ago. About a quarter of a percent. The market has almost been accustomed to cheap cash. Because you could borrow from the Federal Reserve window at any time. Which is nice. But as we go raising rates, guess what happens? It's more expensive to borrow money. Duh. More expensive to borrow money. So you're not going to get that margin. You know, well, you're actually going to get that margin if you're a bank. But if you want to expand operations, it's going to cost you more. The prime rate to buy, to buy a home, to get a credit card, to get a car loan, it's going to be more expensive because it's based on the economy being strong. We have been in a bull market for 10 years now, 2008 to 2018, right now, so far. Nothing has changed. But again, we're raising rates now. We're going to have probably two or three more rate hikes. So again, usually is what happens is that the Federal Reserve raises rates until we get a slowdown because it needs to cool down the markets. The Federal Reserve's job is to not boost stock markets, no matter what anyone says. Their job is to curb inflation. Inflation has been pretty steady. Actually, we've had a little sense of flat inflation. But for the most part, this is what's been going on. And I would expect a little more pain. I'm bullish in this market long term. The fundamentals are great. But we're not going to get that parabolic move to the upside. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Those sharp moves to the upside, those easy buy the dip moments, I think that's kind of fleeting. Uh, This is a very, not this week coming up because it'll be very low volume. But the next week, April, earnings reports is so key in uh, in the month of April. We got to see where the market is showing. If we get strong reports and a lower market, I think that'll be the catalyst to push us down even more. But if we get strong earnings and the market gets gains confidence and starts buying equities again, and starts buying more at this dip, at these low rates, low prices, relative to where the all-time highs, 
10% discount, the market in general, then I think we'll go back to where we were. Uh, again, our target still has been the S&P at 3,000, 30,000 Dow Jones. That's been my target. Uh, do I think we're going to get there? Absolutely. I still think we are. I still think the fundamentals of a tax tax cuts, repatriation of money, uh, those are really great things. We have a great job market. Wages are going up. Inflation has been relatively tame. Again, the trade war is not a good thing, but we've seen North Korea having issues. We've heard legal troubles with the Donald Trump administration, the Mueller reports. Uh, we've had Brexit. Name your Name your headline. The market has bounced back from it and been strong. So I think nothing really changes here, but be very careful. I would definitely get some hedges in there. And if you want to talk hedges, I would recommend a couple. Now, this is for my options traders. Uh, first one would be the VIX, V-I-X. The volatility index is very difficult to trade, but again, it spikes up when we get some sell-offs. So again, looking at it long-term on a daily chart, you can see just minute spikes, but on a monthly high spikes based on the year. So you can actually see we've been continuing to the downside. But if we look longer term, you can actually see here just spikes in volatility based on market movement. But we've been averaging right below 14 and we're at 24. So if you think that we're going to get some really, really big spikes in the market to the downside, the VIX would be a play. But I would definitely go half position and be very careful. Do not use margin here. GLD, gold. If you are bearish on the market, meaning in general the dollar, gold is the way to go. GLD, instead of owning gold outright, you can buy the GLD, which owns the ETF for miners and gold uh, gold holdings. Right now at 127, looking at a daily chart here on a one year. Again, we have a little bit of a bullish pull up and we're right above the 100-day moving, above the 100-day moving average. And the reason that has been coming up from this year, it's just a weaker dollar. The dollar in general has just absolutely been tanking. And I'm actually kind of bearish on the dollar. So you see here, way below the 100-day moving average, we've actually been basing here since January. Now, again, we're at a point of where's the market going to go? Are we going to go back down to test the lows of 88? Or are we going to come back and hit the resistance mark of a 91? Right now, we're at $90.90. The 100-day the moving average is right around 91.71. So that would be my hedge plays. And of course, you can always play SPY and QQQ to the downside if you're one of our options members. But that's where we are right now. Again, we're definitely in correction territory, down 10%. Now, are we going to hit, we're at the point of no return here. Are we going to bounce off these lows at 23,586? Or we're going to continue back to the downside and maybe hit 22.5, 22, or 21.50, which would be your next support level on Dow Futures. I do have alerts in place watching the market. Next week, don't expect huge moves, but I do see some sell-offs as we're going to get an end-of-the-week push for hedge fund managers and fund managers that are going to raise capital, close their open positions, short week, low vol, expect a little bit of to the downside. I don't see a buy-the-dip next week, but all eyes will be on earnings reports for April. April is where we get some earnings reports. We're going to see where these companies are at, see where they are with cash. Let's see where they are with liquidity. Let's see how they are with sales, comparable sales, uh, EPS growth, profit margin. We want to see those. If we can get some strong reports from the big cap companies, the Dow Jones companies, and we can get that kind of push, it's be very, very key to see where we land. If it builds confidence in the market, we push back up. If it doesn't, then the market can accelerate even more. And we, I'm not saying we're going to hit a recession, but it's going to be a little more pain down the line 
as we hit the summertime of just sell the summer, buy in the fall. Sell it and forget it summer, not very fun. But that's where we'll be. Either way, guys, keep in mind that you can make money in any market using options. Any market. So if you have any questions, feel free to message me or email me. GARcapitalfx.com, write us a message. GARcapital at gmail.com is our email address. So let us know. We're more than happy to help you guys. And that's where we're at for the week, guys. Again, it's a short week. Don't expect too much. But again, we're going to definitely keep an eye and see where we're going to go from there. So thank you so much again for taking the time out of your day to listen to our podcast. My name is Carlos Garcia. I'm the founder and CEO of GAR Capital. We do this every week, our weekly podcast. Next week is Easter Sunday. We will not have a podcast then. I want you all to enjoy your family and the holiday as I will enjoy mine with my family as well. No podcast next week. We'll catch you the week after. We're going to go ahead and preview some earnings and talk about the markets then. We'll see what's going on then. We'll see you in April. Thank you so much, guys, again. Hope you had a great March. Please let me know if you have any questions. If you want to be a student of ours, take a look at us on YouTube, GRCapitalFX.com, if you could see our page. Teaching classes online or in person if you're in Miami, Florida. GRCapitalFX.com. The tab is Market Education. Let me know. I would love to be your teacher and mentor. Let's go from there, guys. So GAR Capital on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, and of course our YouTube channel, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. That's where we are. Have a great week, guys. Enjoy the rest of your March. We'll catch you guys for the morning note tomorrow on Instagram, 845 Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. Again, Carlos Garcia, CEO of GAR Capital. Have a great one, guys. Thanks a lot for your time.